All right, here we go. Hey, welcome to the show, Jim Kelgard and Roger Stokes. So glad you joined us here tonight. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Yeah, doing great. Thank you for having us on. <laughs> you know, it's my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure to have you guys on. I'll tell you, I folks, I, I met Jim and Roger at Phenomicon, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and we just seem to be like hanging out with, you know, and then pretty soon we're saving spots for each other up in the front row and all this kind of stuff. And, and I got to know you guys at there at the Phenomicon, and I'm really glad because you've got some, you both have, you know, pretty interesting stuff that you've got going on. You guys, well, I'll let you talk about it a little bit, but Jim, tell us a little bit about Jim Kelgard and uh, your music. All right. Well, first of all, hello, everybody, uh, everybody that's there in the live chat and following along. And uh, a very big thank you to Jeff uh, for, for having Roger and I on. Um, my name is uh, Jim with two M's, and I'll, I'll explain why there's two M's in, in just a moment. But uh, I was born and raised in uh, upstate New York in a, uh, a city called Endicott, which happens to be the birthplace of IBM. Those of you that can remember uh, back in the old days when IBM was actually still a thing. And uh, also uh, Binghamton, New York was the other uh, close area where I grew up by. That's where uh, Rod Sterling of the uh, Twilight Zone fame nice. uh, was uh was Love raised so uh pretty cool stuff there I've, i moved out to utah in uh, 1994 my wife is from out here so uh i had to leave my family back in new york and uh her family was here so uh we uh, we moved out here settled out here got married uh shortly thereafter and uh we have three awesome kids my oldest son uh graduated from uh, the police academy here in uh, utah about a year ago and uh he's uh since moved on to, to, to other things, but my daughter is currently uh, uh, in college and my youngest is just beginning his uh, sophomore year of high school. So uh, wow. my, my junior namesake there. My, <laughs> my big thing, I'm uh, by profession and trade, I'm an, uh, I'm an audio engineer and music producer. Uh, music is kind of my life. It's uh, pretty much what I've spent most of my adult life doing. Uh -huh. And um, Really, I, I'm, I'm passionate about all kinds of music. I mean, I, as a producer, I produced everything from just a regular one guy with a, either a piano or acoustic guitar doing folk music to, you know, full uh, studio orchestras, you know, with the, you know, 40, 50, 60, you know, piece orchestra. So, wow. but my, my passion and my greatest love is uh, having grown up a, uh, a teenager in the 1980s. Of course, I love synthesizers and, uh, so uh, 80s, 80s music, 80s new wave in particular, groups like uh, Depeche Mode, Pet Shop Boys, mm -hmm. OMD, New Order, um, you know, bands like that are, are mm -hmm. kind of really what I gravitate towards. Also a really big uh, ACDC and Def Leppard fan. <laughs> love, love the Beatles. Pink Floyd is one of my favorites as well. Mm -hmm. um, but synthesizers is where I really, uh, that's where my passion lies. And um Roger and I uh, were actually in a band together called Eminent Soul, which uh, is a synth pop band and um, really into the uh, the 80s uh, retro synth pop, synth wave, stuff like that. And um, I also run a, a weekly radio show that is based out of a, a, a radio network in Tel Aviv, Israel. And every Sunday afternoon, I do a two hour show called The Soul of Synth Pop. And uh, on that show, we play. Uh, some of the classic mm -hmm. bands like uh, Depeche Mode, New Order, OMD, and whatnot, mm -hmm. but also a lot of modern-day indie bands uh, that are what we would call synth pop or synth wave, um, 
uh, things of that nature, dream pop and, and all that. Um, and it's uh, gotten fairly successful for me. I've been doing it for five years now. And um, we, uh, my show is pretty, pretty well uh, consistently uh, listened to in lots of different countries. If you're a big synth pop fan or big eighties, you know, new wave type fan, uh, that might be a show you, you might like listening to. Um, I won't push you to, to listen to the music that, that Roger uh, and I did as Eminent Soul, uh, which I'm still doing. Roger um, had to uh, leave the band a couple years ago, but uh, I'm still doing it. And we're actually getting ready to release our final uh, release in just a couple really? of weeks. All right. but, um, but yeah, we're uh, and um, back in 2004, I had the pleasure of working with uh, members of Depeche Mode and members of OMD. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, released an EP together, uh, wow. got interviewed by the BBC and uh, uh, the Guardian newspaper, which is the biggest wow. newspaper in the UK. So mm-hmm. um, and used to be a member of the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. That's the organization that puts on the Grammy Awards every year. So uh, been to the Grammys probably, I don't know, five or six times. Really? during wow. my life and roger went with me one time can attest, <laughs> it's incredibly fun it's can incredibly attest, fun. can attest to how much fun uh, the wow. grammys are so i've uh, i've been really blessed i've, I've been able to uh, rub Tell elbows me. with and, and hang out with uh, some of the biggest names in music but mm-hmm. one of the things that i learned um in working very closely with with some of these musicians is uh i myself never want to be famous <laughs> i don't want to don't ever want to deal with with some of the the uh, uncomfortable uh, aspects of, of fame and notoriety that, that, uh, that goes along with being a celebrity. So uh, yeah. I can, I can understand when, when people, you know, kind of like to be more under the radar kind. And that's, that's kind of well, a good place right now for that. So, yeah, yeah, really, <laughs> really are. And I, and uh, where, where my interest with Skinwalker Ranch comes from, uh, mm-hmm. I myself have not had very many, uh, what I would, what I would term paranormal experiences throughout right. my life. Mm-hmm. But I first learned of Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, there's an old podcast that I believe is still on called The Paracast, which is run by uh, a gentleman by the name of Gene Steinberg and uh, started off with a guy named David Biedney and then uh, Christopher O'Brien. And uh, I have no idea who's who's co-hosting with him now. But back in the early 2000s, I first heard about this place called Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. And then I want to say about 2005, 2006, um, the the book by Colm Kelleher and George Knapp called The Hunt for the Skinwalker was mm-hmm. released. And I bought that and I read it cover to cover multiple times and was just completely uh, absorbed by what I had been reading in it. And mm-hmm. so really, ever since then, uh, I've spent a fair amount of time in the Uinta Basin. I, I currently live uh, in the what they call the Salt Lake Valley of uh, uh, town a city known as bountiful utah okay uh, yep. it's about, it's about uh, seven or eight miles north of salt lake city but yep. I've been through um, there. just a short drive from uh, the uinta basin only about two two and a half hours to get there mm-hmm. and um really really uh it's just kind of been something that both roger and i have taken a keen interest on and um we've never ever had a, a, a desire or made any attempts to try to get on the ranch. We, mm-hmm. we respect property boundaries and, and things like that. Yep. Um, but uh, we've, we've spent a fair amount of time out there in that region mm-hmm. and it truly is a hotbed of activity for all kinds of uh, unexplained activities and whatnot. And some of the nicest, most wonderful people you could ever hope to come across live in that region. And the natural beauty that's out there 
you, you really only catch a glimpse of it on the TV show, but some of the surrounding areas are just absolutely breathtaking um, with the rock formations and the canyons and mm-hmm. uh, the mountains. Of course, the Uinta Mountains are some of the most beautiful mountains um, I've ever had I was just there yesterday. In. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'm also, you'll, you'll hear me a lot of times. My, my two other things that I absolutely love are tacos i love tacos uh, you'll always hear me you know crave we were doing tacos. the carne asada at the phenomenon right right <laughs> and um and uh you know some people are cat people some people like dogs uh there's other people that like you know birds and whatnot my favorite animal i absolutely adore bunnies i am all about bunnies and um anytime i'm having a bad day if i ever you know need cheering up i'll my wife or my daughter will will you know, often send me pictures of little baby bunnies and stuff. And then, <laughs> cool. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. I was so going to tell you, there's a lot of them around here. There, that's, and that's, 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 that's heaven for me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow. Roger. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Roger Stokes, man. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, going to be hard to uh, top Jim there. He, uh, <laughs> no, right. I can't. He's got, he's got quite an impressive <laughs> resume, but, uh, no. Hey, again, thank you, Jeff, for uh, having me and, and Jim on here. I'm super excited. Um, as you know, my name is Roger Stokes, and I have, I guess by trade, my day job, uh, I'm into social media marketing. Uh, really love social media and all the different channels. Mm-hmm. Super, super fun um, to be on there, right? Uh, internet has really connected the world and social media today as we know it. But uh, a little bit about me. You'll find out that uh, I'm an absolute lover of games and not only board games, but video games. And we talked a little bit about this, Jeff, uh, when we were at Comic-Con. I'm an absolute Blizzard Entertainment fan and World of Warcraft fan. And And why is that? I mean, one of their good reasons. Go ahead. If you want to talk about that, if you don't. Oh, oh, yeah. No. Uh, (laughs) One of the reasons why. Well, I've always loved games growing up and it's just always been a passion of mine. But I did have the opportunity to work for Blizzard Entertainment uh, at one time um, and help them uh, create Diablo 3. So, nice. again, right, like being able to release a AAA game title and uh, really going ahead and, uh, you know, just sharing that passion with people and, and helping people with games is something that I love to do. Jim knows that, like, when I, uh, when you and I were kind of geek- geeking out, Jeff, there at Phenomenon, <laughs> yeah. about World of Warcraft, Jim yep. started coming yep. out. And uh, so it's, uh, it's one of those funny things. But no, I really love video games. And uh, I have three kids, two boys and a girl. Uh, they all love video games as well. And so for family time, we get together, we play video games and uh, <laughs> have tons of fun that way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of a good way to kind of connect with them too. Like me, my boys and I, you know, uh, two of them, well, one lives in, in, uh, well, three live in Pennsylvania. One lives in California, but I, this is a way for me to keep in touch with them is to actually game with them or whatever. We get on uh, discord and, and, uh, we just talk and, and play. And that way I can still stay in touch and all that too, uh, while I'm on the road. So, yeah. Uh, oh, if so, huh? somebody said, what's behind Jeff, a white ghost. No, I don't see <laughs> There's a little white spot there. Oh, well, yeah, that's the sun. It's, it's, I have a green screen, obviously, and there's the sun is kind of blaring in some of these windows. I got all the shades down. It's like it's, but it's still coming in. It'll, once the sun goes down here, it's the sun over the mesa. There it is. I'm still in, I'm still in the Unto Basin. So, 
Uh, I'm still right here just outside of Vernal. So uh, I haven't left. <laughs> Left yet. Awesome. As you can see, I'm sitting, you know, just outside of the, uh, in front of the Mesa. I'm sorry, Roger, I, I jumped in on you there. Oh, no, no, no worries at all. But uh, yeah, so ever since I was young, I really had an interest in the paranormal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always liked spooky things. And really, just anything, you know, when you talk about paranormal, um, like cryptids, ghost yep. spirits, UFOs, Bigfoot, those things have always intrigued me. I remember as a child, uh, my parents, that they got the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, the series, and they actually released a book about all the mythology um, around okay. the world. And as wow. a child, that fascinated me to no end. Yep. And uh, something that I'll share with everybody here, um, and I know we all have our unique experiences, but growing up, um, I've had a lot of paranormal experiences ever since I've been a child, which has fascinated me. Because as a child, I don't think I really understood what was going on, that it, this was not a normal thing. Most right. people don't have these types of experience. And if they do, it's maybe a rare occurrence or something that they don't quite understand. But I really, really love the, the fact that as I got older, I realized that, number one, I could see spirits. I could have spirits talk to me, um, disembodied voices. Yeah. And right? I've seen uh, a lot of crazy things. And so when people say, oh, there's just some wild stuff out there, I'm, I'm an advocate, right? Because I 100% believe there are things that we just don't know about and we may not understand. And so I have, a, I have an open mind and, you know, that's what's really brought me to the, the paranormal. And, and Jim and I, you know, we kind of wanted to start dabbling ourselves into really fighting that stigma of what is paranormal? Because as I've talked to a lot of people, especially in the past few years, people share with me that uh, they have paranormal experiences, but they're afraid to talk about it, right? They don't want their professional um, colleagues to, to know or their family because, you know, there's the stigma of being called crazy. Yep. And, and, and that's something that Jim and I really want to take away, right? We want to bring the realm of anything otherworldly into the realm of science and possibility, because it's just something that we may not understand. And so we started a podcast um, recently just called The Soul of the Unexplained. Right. Where yep. we, yeah, we want to talk about just a lot of different, different subjects. And so we started with Skinwalker Ranch. We've talked about disembodied voices, but we're going to explore all areas of the unknown. Um, and it's really exciting. So I'm super excited to continue the discussion here and talk about uh, Skinwalker Ranch, uh, the Insiders. I live here in Orem, Utah, which is in Utah County. So about two hours away. You guys are so lucky. Skinwalker. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. You know, and I and I gotta say, I I not everybody loves this environment out here, the the landscape and all of that. I am somebody who does. I I just love it. Um, and it's and being here still, like I said, I'm still in the Utah Basin, and and uh, it's just wonderful. It really is. And I I. Uh, uh, got some experiences. I'll talk about it later. I was telling Jim earlier, I had a, <laughs> a little walk last night and uh, I'll, I'll tell that story as we go along here. But um, yeah, I'm really intrigued. I listened to your, your podcast and, and uh, going through some of the information you've got a, you've got the introductory uh, episode and then you've got like Skinwalker Ranch. You've broken up into three, correct? Was it three or four? Right. Three. Three. Yeah, three. And so I, I started working my way through those. I haven't finished them yet, but you got a good thing going there. And like you said, Roger, that's one of the cool things about 
this and uh, uh, being able to like with your podcast is being able to have people come on and talk if it, is that kind of what you're going to be doing there as well is have people come on and share experiences on the podcast yeah we yeah we, we've go, go go ahead raj oh yeah no absolutely we want to we, we started out just having a discussion between jim and i but uh we want to bring more people on right to really share those experiences and have a discussion um around those types of things so yes we will start to bring on guests here in the next awesome. uh, month or so yeah and you give them a comfortable environment to talk in like the one that we had at phenomicon now again folks i'm going to talk about phenomicon a little bit i hope you don't bore you with that but honestly the first thing i want to say about phenomicon is if you were not there it's that this was the second year they had it in vernal utah it happens the weekend after labor day so that following is like a thursday friday saturday sunday after labor day so whatever that falls on next year six seven eight the ninth something like that uh, of september you really should check it out if you like this stuff if you like skinwalker ranch if you're interested in that sort of thing you really should check it out because we had a absolute fantastic time i know you guys did i know i did mm -hmm. um one of the things i wanted to mention though roger you you know you were talking about people's and talking about their experiences was open mic night that we both all three of us went to that night and it was in a canyon folks and this was a park out in the canyon and with they had a fire going and all the chairs set up around this campfire and they had open mic where people could come up and share their experiences, whether it be UFO, UAP, Bigfoot, you know, Skinwalker, uh, paranormal stuff, ghost experience, whatever. People got up and shared their stories, and that was awesome. Now you get you guys saw it. Well, you you were there last year too, right? Yeah, it's it's uh it was it was our our second year uh, attending Phenomicon, and the best way that I can explain it is it's like going to a family reunion. I mean. <laughs> And but the kind of family reunion that you actually really really want to go to, yes, yeah, because that's the other kind, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, and, but it's 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 honestly, there were people that we ran across last year that that attended last year, and as soon as they saw us, they they remembered both Roger and I, and and we remembered them, and it was like, wow, how have you guys been? And just mm -hmm. just kind of getting caught up with people, and um, you really, particularly if if you're ever if you ever attend Phenomicon, that's one of the events that I would say is a can't miss event because you never know uh, who is going to stand up and share the stories that they've had. And some of right. these experiences that people share are truly, um, truly mind blowing. Some of them are, are genuinely yep. terrifying. Yep. Some of them are very uh, hope, hopeful and inspiring, yes. you know, yes. and very, yeah, uh, very, yep. very reassuring. And, mm -hmm. And like you were, like uh, like Roger was saying a moment ago with with the podcast, uh, the soul of the unexplained. And that's a soul S O L uh, of the unexplained. Um, we do that because we we want to help destigmatize this term of paranormal. There's still a lot of people that when they hear the word paranormal, they kind of instantly put up that wall of mm, okay, here we go again, you know. But um, the reality is, and what Roger and I have found, and, and Jeff, maybe you've experienced the same thing, but with our podcast, and bear in mind, we've only done really five episodes so far, uh, is that every time we've done an episode, we've always, without fail, had at least one, sometimes as many as five people will contact me or Roger privately and say, mm -hmm. you know what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever say this to anybody in public, but I had a paranormal experience too. And I, yep. I got to tell you about it. Yep. And it's, it's like, 
the great thing that you learn about going to an event like this Voice of the Believers event that they had at uh, Phenomicon is you really truly get to understand that you are not alone in not only your interest of these things, but your experience of these things. And what a what a wonderful thing to be able to share that moment with people. And the coolest thing about it, which you didn't mention, Jeff, because of course I got to mention food, is we had this amazing <laughs> Western barbecue wow. chuck wagon dinner that was just, yep. you know, Dutch oven cooking, some of the most amazing food. Uh, that I had great. during all of Phenomicon is at that event. So the organizers really, really knew what they were doing uh, when they put that Voice of the Believers uh, thing together, because it's it's nice to to have that informal setting and people that can people. What, what, what I find is people gain strength from each other and they gain courage from each other. There's a lot of people that want to share the experiences that they have, but for whatever reason, they're afraid of being ridiculed, teased, mm -hmm. mocked, marginalized, whatever. But when you've got people coming together and sharing their experiences in this kind of a light, yep. it, 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 for want of a better word, it normalizes it and it should be normalized. And, yep. and um, that's kind of what the whole reason for Roger and I doing the soul of the unexplained podcast is. And um, with so many great guys out there like yourself, Jeff, that do the same yeah. exact thing, um, it's just really nice. And I got to give a massive shout out to, uh, all the, uh, insiders that are there. Uh, I, I see a couple who I recognize Vesta May and, uh, <laughs> yep. is that Miriam there? I think I see as well. Miriam I was, yeah. Miriam's here watching and B Jones yeah. and, uh, yep. so, Kate is here. Wolf Kate, which is here. Uh, Christina's here. <laughs> all awesome people. I'm, I know it doesn't seem this way. And especially if you saw me at Phenomicon, I'm kind of a big guy. I'm about the same size as Caleb for reference. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, um, but I'm actually, despite being a radio host and a performer and all that stuff, I'm actually a very shy <laughs> and timid kind of person. I, I'm generally not the kind of guy that makes the first move in introducing myself to people, but um, most people will find that once, once they start talking to me, like now, I don't shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> bring out his New Yorker side. Then yeah, they do. Yorker side. It brings, yeah, it brings out. Forget, forget about, about it. it. Forget <laughs> about it. Go park the car, walk the dog. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things. You know, it's a, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I tell you that, and that was that was one of the the great things about Phenomicon too was meeting all the all the other insiders. And I and I got to tell this little story, and it, it just blew me away. That right, I shows up, I show up there. Shows I shows up here. I'm trying to pull mine out now. Um, I, I I showed up there on Wednesday. They had where you could go in. You got to register, or you can go in and and check in and get your pass and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I pull up in the parking lot and, I'm, and I go around to the passenger side of the truck and I'm getting out a couple of things. There's nobody in the parking lot. There's like five cars in this giant parking lot because it hasn't really started yet. Right. The event car pulls up about four stalls over. I'm over here getting my stuff out of my truck and everything. And then I hear, Hey, Jeff Freeman. I'm like, <laughs> I turn around and it's Eva. Eva was there and she's one of the insiders and she watches the podcast. And I was like, Oh my gosh, the very first person that I meet at Phenomicon and it's somebody that is another insider. And we just, we took off right there. I mean, that was it. And I, you know, her and I, we kind of hang out at different times during the show. She was actually on the little walk around uh, live show that I did during it. I mean, but anyway, I, like you guys said, I mean, it was a really a fantastic event. It was put on very, very well. They did a great job. Thomas Winterton is part of that. Um, and I just posted earlier today, a lot of people were talking about the VIP. Hey, you guys are the VIPs. Well, that was another thing that was so cool is that you guys and I 
we were part of the media that got had the press passes there to go to this and we had a special vip breakfast with the cast of skinwalker ranch uh the secret of skinwalker ranch and it was awesome and i didn't know that we were going to be allowed to record it so i, I mean i'm thinking oh my gosh i got i got a tripod you know i did have a bag of a few things but i didn't have my good camera so I'll whip my, my uh, cell phone, get it on the little, you know, little miniature tripod there, set it on the table. And I recorded the whole thing. Well, I just put it up on YouTube today. So folks, if you want to check that out, it was the VIP breakfast that we had with the cast of Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, and it was, it was great. I mean, we had such a good time. They went around the room, introduced everybody, or we went around and introduced ourselves. And they gave us a special shout out because of the show and because of the fact that we're insiders and we're in and i remember i think it was you jim you asked the question of how can we get you guys to you know to come on our podcast i mean how do we go about doing that and what was a well besides thomas saying he takes bribes uh the first the, the other thing was that when uh travis jumped out and said mention being an insider they love the insiders and they so appreciate yeah. what we are doing for that um, and it was really, really cool that they, and, and as being an insider, which is this, that's what the show is the insiders insights. They so much appreciate each and every one of us being an insider folks is a paid membership. You get a try. There's a free trial you can do to see if you like it. Um, and then later on, uh, you know, you, it, it'll charge your credit card or whatever. If you can do it monthly or by the year, however you want to do it. Um, and you, you get to interact with the guys. They're, they're, they're coming. They talk quite a Caleb. You guys had like an hour and a half, two hour conversation with Caleb at the Phenomicon. We did. <laughs> and it was, it, you guys were talking about all kinds of stuff, but I mean, it's that kind of thing that we also get to do as insiders. We get to share and they get to talk to us. Did I freeze up? Was I frozen there for a second? Probably just momentarily. <laughs> My internet, I get Starlink. It's out there doing its best, but, mm -hmm. but it was so cool. And that's, what's neat about being an insider. And I have to say also, um, is that right now the guys are filming. They're filming season four. So we're very limited on what we get to see in the stream. They just show, you know, this uh, Mesa, part of the Mesa, or that part of the Mesa, because the cameras are basically turned away from where they're filming because we're not supposed to see that stuff, right? But right. I got to tell you, when the filming is done, everybody was thinking, when the filming's over, what are we going to do as insiders? Is it, you know, nobody's going to be at the ranch. Yes, they will. Travis won't be there. Yeah. But Eric's going to be there. Thomas is going to be there. And we can still do what we do even more so, I think, going into the winter months and through the rest of the season. Your role as an insider is going to be enhanced uh, after they get done filming. Completely agree. Can, yeah. can I just say that um, Please. what was really exciting about being an insider and going to the insider um, only meeting there with Skinwalker yes. Ranch? Yep. Um, was that not only did we get to see their real personalities, right? Not just their show personalities and their seriousness and, and things like that, but we actually got to see that they were just down to earth guys. Mm. But what's really exciting is being a part of the insider group and with that paid subscription, they announced several things of what they were trying to do to get more people involved. And one thing that really excited me that they were talking about is putting together like a kit for insiders. Yes that will mimic a lot of the uh, experiments and tools they have out on the ranch. So yep. we can help with our like own investigations and use these same tools and really understand 
And that to me was so exciting because if I were just watching the show and not part of the insider group, I'd be wanting more. And having that and really being able to now interact with the team, especially when they do this chips and salsa, and we can talk about that. But uh, having this, like Jim mentioned earlier, this community, this family um, of insiders is great because we really get to talk to the cast there yep. uh, and the guys and they're down to earth. Um, and the thing is, is that we, as the insider group, we're now involved with the investigations. They're coming up with yes. different ways to do experiments to help them um, even outside of just the normal filming hours. And what was really interesting that they said there, and I think they mentioned it uh, not only at Phenomicon, but also the insider group, um, less than a percent of all their all the film, all the hours really makes it to the Skinwalker right. Ranch. So yep. with the insider stuff, we see a lot of what's going on and get that in-depth information. And to me, that's, that's super exciting. It truly is, yep. Yeah. Can I, can I just give a shout out to the, the folks that are here leaving the comments? You, you guys are just awesome. I'm, I'm loving reading all the comments here. This, see, this is a great example of why the insider group is just so awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, just, uh, I love, I love reading all the comments and just, mm -hmm. uh, there's just, it, it just, it's, it's a great example of what it was like being there in person among the ones that attended there in person as they were so polite and they were so yep. easygoing, so yep. laid back. There was no pretentiousness. It was just, you know, like, like I said earlier, it was kind of like going to a family reunion, you know, it's like everybody has a shared common interest and um, everybody was just really, really cool. Everybody that I met that was an insider. And, um, you know, I, I just, and not yeah. only them, but also the, the, the cast members, yeah. like, like I yeah. was saying, you guys, we come out of that, we come out of that little, uh, the breakfast that was upstairs. Mm -hmm. We come out of the breakfast and we're on that platform and I, and you guys were there talking to Caleb and I kind of hung around for a bit. Then I had to run and I ran and you guys stayed up there and talked forever with Caleb. I mean, yeah. that's the way it was with everyone. Remember Greg Lawson. I mean, he was yeah. coming around talking. Oh, yeah. He was one of the speakers yeah, if, and an author. If you had told me before I before Roger and I left for Phenomicon, if you had told me that I would get an opportunity to spend over two hours uh, talking about all kinds of stuff that both related to Skinwalker Ranch and just just life, you know, regular life stuff with with Caleb, who has always been one of one of my favorite uh, team members yep. of Skinwalker yep. Ranch. The guy is so, so humble. And I, like I think Travis introduced him as the man without guile. And that's exactly uh, he, he's such a kind and compassionate, uh, down to earth soul. Yep. Um, and I, I really Roger and I definitely connected with him uh, on on a lot of levels, and it was just really, really great. And they were all like that. I mean, Eric, I I got to talk with Eric, and come to find out that Eric uses the same music production software that I uses. And so, Eric and I enjoyed a couple of minutes of geeking out, you know, with each <laughs> other over over using the same software and yeah. and uh, some of the different things like that. And um, yeah. You know, talking with Tom was great. And Travis, <laughs> you, you never get a word in edgewise with Travis. I think we all know that. But um, just getting to listen to him, um, when the uh, when the closing reception began downstairs, yeah. uh, Travis and, and the rest of the team stayed back. And um, I got, I mean, just Travis just started talking about all kinds of great stuff and really kind of getting an inside scoop on uh, you know, his perspective on the, the stuff happening in Congress right now with the, yes. uh, 
National Defense yes. Authorization Act and the UFO amnesty that uh, has been rolled into that package. And, yep. um, you know, just really great insights that you can't get anywhere else unless you happen exactly. to, you know, get him on an interview. Um, and it was just, it was so great to see just as last year, last year, Roger and I learned how approachable all of these guys were and how gracious and how, again, unpretentious they were. Um, and just the coolest, most down to earth, uh, personalities. And this year it was even more so, I mean, those that were there got to see, uh, during Eric Bard's presentation on Saturday. Oh, that was the best when, one of all. I when thought. the microphone wouldn't work. And it's just like, you get to see, uh, you get, to, you, we got to see a side of Eric that just endeared him to me. Oh my God. Even, even more just to see what he was like. He's like, he's like, really? already come on what's up with the mic you know i mean it was just i yeah. mean we were just, we were just howling it was so funny but, uh, it was, but it's it's little things like that and um you know it's it's yeah. that's why i'm so happy that that this uh, skinwalker ranch insiders group exists because it not only allows people to have an additional forum to get together uh and and talk with with people that share the same interest because there's there there are some other groups out there on on other social media platforms where Skinwalker Ranch is still you know kind of you know looked at with kind of a a bit of a you know you guys are the tinfoil hat you know woo woo weirdos yep. out there and but I have not had any of that experience at all with mm -hmm. the folks on the insider team they are really truly just legitimate uh, wonderful people that we've interacted with that just really want to be a part and help wherever they can. And one of the things that, uh, that if you remember, Jeff, Roger and I were allowed to ask one question um, during the, the VIP breakfast. And mm -hmm. the one question that I decided to ask uh, the, the Skinwalker Ranch team was, what can we do, meaning me and Roger, but really all of us, what can we do to further move things along uh, to best help the the investigation and the effort going on at skinwalker ranch what can we do to help them and uh the re the response that we got was was fantastic eric in particular was really happy to hear a question like that and he and travis chimed in and said you know the best thing that you can do is just let people know that whatever has happened in the past on skinwalker ranch you know referring specifically to the the first hunt for the skinwalker book Yep. Uh, Travis, Travis refers to that as a, a fabulous book of ghost stories, mm -hmm. uh, which it is. But the problem with it is that there's no scientific data to back up the experiences that are written about in there. They're all just basically, you know, uh, not, um, so none of them are really from a first person perspective. Right. Um, and so because it's well known that Bigelow's team uh, did not do a very good job of passing along the results of the experiments and investigations to Brandon's team when Brandon took possession. And I think, uh, I think Dragon's the one that described it as it was basically, well, here's the keys. Good yeah. Luck. Yeah, you know? um, exactly. And yep. instead of really giving them anything, you know, quantifiable to go off of for a starting point, data wise for their own investigations and right. if you think about it it's, it's kind of silly because if i'm not mistaken bigelow one of the terms of him selling to brandon was that brandon would continue the research at skinwalker ranch and so he was adamant about ma maintaining that investigation still going on but yet he didn't share any of the data 
mm-hmm. that him and his team had culled over, you know, over a decade's worth of, of right. research on the ranch. And that always kind of struck, well, I guess it was actually almost 20 years, wasn't it? Yeah. But, um, but still, you know, it's like, why, why didn't they, you know, it, it just made no sense to me. And so, so yeah, to, to get back to my question, uh, they were saying, well, let's, you know, try to get people not to focus on the stuff that's happened in the past, you know, the, the, the dino beaver and all the stories and all that stuff instead get people to focus on what we're doing right now right simply because the data you know now that brandon's team and especially with the insider team being yep. formed yep they're being fully transparent and i can't think of any other scientific investigation or paranormal investigation that offers this degree of not only transparency but interconnectivity with the people yes. that are actually conducting the scientific experiments as they are doing on Skinwalker Ranch and with uh, this Skinwalker Ranch insider team. It is truly an absolutely groundbreaking idea and such a forward progressive thinking idea uh, that they came up with for this insider team. And I mean, honestly, I, you know, I, I, I feel bad because I, I don't, I don't post much in the, the Facebook uh, Skinwalker Ranch insider group um again it's that whole shyness (laughs) shyness thing for me but Mm -hmm. i i see the things that people post and there's is just really the the dedication and the passion that the people in this insider group have is just it's so contagious you know Mm -hmm. it really it really is and so uh, again i i as a fellow insider i i offer my my many thanks to to all of you that are that are here and that will be watching later that are members of this team that that know what that what what that means to to be a special part of uh, yep. a, a part of a group like this. So yeah, there I go talking too much. I will no no it. you're fine. That's good. Yeah, you well said. You know because that's exactly right. And that's something that Shannon Shannon had said. Shannon DeSalvo. She is one of the uh, moderators. Um, actually, um, she does so much. I mean, she really does. And and she got a shout out during the uh, the breakfast video. And again, folks, I, I put this break. I recorded the entire breakfast video that we had the VIP breakfast video. I recorded, put it up on my YouTube channel earlier today. Uh, it's about a, about an hour long, about 57 minutes, something like that. And all I had was my, my cell phone. So I'm sorry about that. The audio quality and the video quality isn't all that great, but we put it together and put it out there. But again, Travis talked about that very thing. And so did, so did Eric, cause you asked the question, what can we do? And that's what, and that's something that when I walked around, I did a little live stream on Saturday where I walked around with my camera, you know, and I, and I, or my cell phone, and I was live streaming here on YouTube and I went around and talked to everybody. And that's the thing that Travis had mentioned. He had just mentioned it while um, I forget who was up on stage. that was speaking and he was off to the side and he walked up to one of the mics and he asked him that question. He was talking, but that was something that, and then he spoke to me about it um, was that now that the, the, the bag has been opened, cats out of the bag on from our government saying yes uh mm-hmm. you know uaps are real we just don't know what they are will we ever get the full story on that probably not and that's okay but at least now they've admitted that they are real and they just don't know what they are okay now that that's opened let's get this into academia absolutely when- start working on the studies to actually study this phenomena and find out more about it take the stigma away like you said throw that out the window it's gone it's you know, got all that stuff is gone now because it's been admitted. Go ahead. You're absolutely right. And the the thing that always bothered me with mainstream academia, and forgive me, uh, one of the 
one of the examples I think of every time I, I bring up this up is, is um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, the great uh, astronomer mm-hmm. uh, and physicist. Um, there's always this term that seems to come out called settled science. And I, I mentioned that to Travis and Travis responded with, with a very quick retort of there, you know, just me paraphrasing here, there is no such thing as settled science. You know, science by definition can never really be settled because once you close that door, close that book on, on science, you're, you're literally, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face, you know, and it's, it's it's just, uh, why would anybody do that? Why would anybody who claims to be engaged in the pursuit of knowledge and engaged in the pursuit of science close the door by saying, oh, well, it's settled science, you know, and or more so like with what we see on Skinwalker Ranch. I've I've just recently, since we've been back from Phenomicon, I've been uh, going back and rewatching season three. And I'm just amazed at how often uh, we keep hearing, you know, the the physics that are involved in the things that we're seeing. uh, We just can't explain that we don't understand. We don't have an understanding of the laws of physics that are allowing us to see these things taking place you know the um instant acceleration and deceleration yes um, you know all that kind of stuff and now uh you're absolutely right jeff the the mainstream media for the most part is i think there's still a little bit of reticence on their part uh, reluctance <laughs> yes, if you will is. yeah however uh it's definitely gotten better and um well, I'm I'm not particularly a fan of uh, Fox News, forgive me, but um, no. Tucker Carlson has been doing some phenomenal interviews lately, like with Gary Nolan mm-hmm. and a lot of other physicists. And we need to be seeing more of these, you know, mainstream news networks, CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox, uh, the, the main networks, ABC, CBS, NBC getting more of these things on there. And it was great. You know, what was it a year or two ago when uh, Lou Elizondo and uh, uh, the uh, air, the fighter pilots that were involved in the Tic Tac mm-hmm. incident yes. were on 60 yep. minutes. I mean, 60 yep. minutes, that is arguably the, uh, the biggest, you know, news show in the United States. Yep. And so to have them devoting a huge segment to uh, UAPs and talking about them very openly with uh, Lou Elizondo was absolutely fantastic and we need more of that because that is how you you really truly break down those walls and you truly you know again normalize uh the subject which is what we're trying to do with our podcast and there's so many other great podcasters like yourself uh jeff that that are doing that and every time we talk about it every time we get people together uh we break down that wall a little bit more piece by piece and um that's that's what it all comes down to yeah, we absolutely have to do that. And, and again, that's something that Travis is very adamant about. He, uh, and he doesn't like the people he, he talks about, he got, he got, there was a couple of times that, you know, he gets very passionate about something in the, in the last day of the, uh, Phenomicon, uh, he had, uh, he was the second to last speaker. Um, and he, he got very fired up during that, you know, um, mm-hmm. during that, his talk there. And even when he was in the breakfast, you know, he got very fired up about stuff. He is very passionate about this. Um, and, 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 and again, he looks at it from a technical and a scientific side. Um, and so does Eric, Eric's very, you know, Eric's like a robot. The guys, <laughs> well, he never sleeps and all that, you know, they, they're always talking yeah. about how he never sleeps, 
but again, um, you know, that's exactly what they're, they're all about is to try to tear down those barriers, like you said, and start mm-hmm. really take, get more people. And that's, and again, that's what we as insiders are helping to do. Um, Eric said on that video, the breakfast video also that, or, and I'm sorry, Thomas said that they had just received approval to start putting together a plan to which the insiders can help. Yep. You know, as we talked about there's, and, and that's the thing about the insiders, such a diverse group of people with different backgrounds and so right. much education in software engineering and, and just all the different aspects that can truly help the guys. Now they are given the green light to kind of help. They can't talk about the show guys. I mean, they can't, they did not discuss season four with us. They just could not do that because they're under uh, NDA to not right. talk about it. And that's why right now the cameras are looking at the Mesa and not down there. It's, you know, Homestead two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's the whole thing is now they're getting the green light. Now they have to figure out how to put it together, you know, for, to, to go, uh, to put that together in the future and, and involve us more. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a great, and I cannot wait to be part of it. I mean, we already are. I spotted yeah. a UAP. I'm going to, I, I, they've got a spreadsheet folks that when you spot somebody, if you're one of the people that are watching the live stream and you see something weird go happen, you can back it up and look at it again and again and again. And then if you see something, you really think you got to tell everybody else, Hey, at uh 32, I saw something. Can you guys go look at it? Everybody will go look at it and they all get jump in and give their opinion. And then somebody will say, we need to log that or not. Oh, that was a bird. Look at it slowly. You can see it's a bird, whatever. Right. But then they go and log it into the spreadsheet that was created. I think, I think Shannon was the one that was involved in creating that spreadsheet, but you can yeah. go in there click and, and, and log your, what you saw the timestamp and everything and the little video of it. And other people can go and watch. I got to do that. And I was, I was, I mean, I did, I saw a UAP go. And I don't know how I happened to be glancing up there at that moment. And I saw mm-hmm. it flash by. And then I went and looked at it again and again, and I copied it. And then I've got it. I've got it saved. I've got it on my, you know, in my video folder. Um, and then I slowed it down and it's a dot of light that came out about, you know, up in the screen, not all the way up in the corner. It came, it all of a sudden appeared, but it was gone. I mean, it was, it went, flew by so fast and I slowed it down and it was the same type of UAP. They see the little white ball. Right. It zipped by so fast and it was incredible. I am so excited about doing that. You know, I, it, it appears that Lucy has siblings, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, Lucy, and they—they've actually shown that they were showing it at Phenomicon, the Lucy video. Uh, I go ahead. No, I was just just going to say uh, again. There is uh, when you go through the 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 people that are members of the Insider Group, at least uh, from what I see on Facebook, there are people that are really truly professionals in the field of the relevant science that is. Uh, you know, needed to do further investigation there on the ranch. There are, as you said, there are software engineers. There are people that are uh, anthropologists, archaeologists that are, uh, I know there's at least one or two other audio engineers like myself that are, you know, uh, we made a career out of, you know, uh, sound, you know, we know, we know how to manipulate sound and how to clean up sound. And, you know, um, there's one guy on there that was a radio expert that really, uh, seemed to know what he was talking about, about the various radio frequencies and was able to speak intelligently about uh, uh, the 1.6 gigahertz frequency and what uh, one of his hypotheses might have been for uh, why that particular thing kept, kept coming up. So 
I, I think it's great. And I, I'm really excited and looking forward to how this is going to evolve um, based off of what they told us there in that breakfast about how they're just getting the legal clearance uh, to, to proceed forward with that. And, um, you know, it's again, where else in the world is there another paranormal or scientific on the frontier cutting edge of science uh, with this kind of participation and this kind of transparency from the people that are running the investigation, um, it's 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 unparalleled. There is no equal that I'm aware of, and that's oh, it's truly absolutely. a beautiful thing to be a part of this. Truly, a it privilege. really really is. Yeah, yeah, it truly is, and I and I'm excited about it myself. And 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 like I said too, is that I'm really looking forward to. As I mentioned earlier, they're filming right now, and because right. they're filming right now, we don't get to see as much as we did before before they were filming well that'll be wrapping up here in about another month i think i think if they filmed for like three um and it'll be wrapping up here pretty soon um and then they'll be able to really you know i think then this the, us as insiders will get even more because there's going to be more how many cameras remember when thomas was talking about him and eric were talking about there's like i don't know how many cameras i don't even remember but it, my 12, mind is, uh, i think i think he said they're putting up 12 new cameras yeah and they got like 100 like and some already <laughs> Yeah. So it's getting more and more. There are going to be more cameras. There are going to be more uh, of them jumping around. Um, so, uh, oh, and that's right. Yeah. Thank you, Linda. Linda just reminded me they they've always had eight episodes. This season is going to be 14, 14 episodes. So that's awesome. I mean, how? Yeah, I, yeah I'm so really looking forward to that. Uh, 14 episodes. And as Thomas said before, they figured out that it's like a 1% or less than 1% of what they film actually makes it to the show on the show all the rest of it is archived or they keep it and they might show it yeah. later or whatever they do recycle stuff from time to time we know that prometheus does that but we only see about one percent of all the experiments so people are like back here going well why didn't they do this why didn't they do that chances are they did and it just yeah. didn't make the show for whatever reason well, and yeah the, the the great example that was given was um uh thomas clarified you know in, in season one I think it is where the attack on the llamas happens. And yes. it was a point of contention uh, between the the team members and uh, Prometheus or the History Channel, the way that they they cut it and edit it, uh, because it's all that you see is like these these angles where you can't really tell what's attacking the llamas, but you can clearly see the llamas are under extreme stress. Right. Uh, right. And then they don't really come back and revisit it in the following exactly. episodes. And yep. Thomas says, well, the explanation is quite simple. It was just, it was merely a pack of uh, dogs that had wandered in from the neighboring uh, reservation land. Right. Um, res dogs as, as people that live near uh, reservations uh, tend to call them. And these dogs had just wandered onto the Skinwalker ranch property and saw the opportunity and they attacked the llamas and that's all there was to it there was nothing supernatural or paranormal about it but right. yet the way that it was portrayed was hmm what could this be right. and, and the reality yeah the reality was a much more mundane and prosaic uh explanation yep. behind it but it's um thankfully things like that haven't haven't uh been taking place uh you know that 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 kind of a situation and i remember thomas was saying that they really kind of you know, let, let the, uh, the folks there know, you know, Hey, don't, don't do that to us. Don't, don't make it look like we're, you know, creating drama when there isn't any need to create the drama. 
Um, right. And that's and that's one of the things that for me anyway, all along, uh, ever since the show started, comparing it to some of the other shows that are out there that deal in the realm of the paranormal. Um, the only other one that I can think of that really kind of has the same type of vibe as the secret of Skinwalker Ranch is Expedition Bigfoot, because yes. they use the same scientific method, the same, you know, uh, what you see is what you get, what you see is what's really happening. You know, whereas some of these other shows that are out there, you know, I, I have discovery plus and I'll watch some of them and they're just clearly, they're like, how can you take this seriously? <laughs> you know, it's like, like I was, I was, I was, I was watching one the other just, just last night. I, I turned on uh, one called Vampires in America, and I was thinking, oh, this will be interesting. And I couldn't even get through the first twenty minutes before I had to. Uh, well, I'm going to go watch Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but exactly. that, that, yeah, that's that's one of the things that I love about this show is that there's there's no BS about it. It's it's just very straightforward. And Brandon being very adamant that the show not be scripted, that it just be allowed to unfold as it is. And as you said, um, Thomas mentioned that, you know, each episode is roughly, it boils down to about 42 minutes or thereabouts when you factor in the commercials. Yep. Uh, But they actually, at the end of each season, are averaging right around 42,000 to 43,000 minutes worth of of footage. So. So think about that. You're absolutely right. It's basically 1% of what actually transpires actually makes the cut on the editing floor, you know, and, and or, or doesn't end up on the editing floor right, right. and uh, makes it into the show. So uh, quite obviously there, there's some uh, creativity that goes on there for being able to build a show that is exciting, uh, that viewers can, you know, be taken in by, but right. it still comes down to the fact that they don't have to, fake anything simply because yep. reality is it's too crazy, odd. <laughs> crazy crazy enough yeah it's it's like yeah. they don't have to make stuff up because what happens naturally or unnaturally on the ranch uh you know it's it's uh it, it's uh, it's astounding enough really yep. that's one of the one of my favorite quotes besides eric's quote about you know what they're doing there but thomas made a quote one time and it was, it was actually on one of the episodes uh, and he said, if nothing unusual happens, that will be unusual. And I love that because that's exactly right. If nothing unusual happens, that's going to be unusual because it always does weird stuff. Uh, yep. Good question here from Robot. He was asking, are the paranormal occurrences happening only at this ranch? Are the other neighbors uh, having similar experiences? Who wants to take a stab at that? Blind Frog Ranch, right, Raj? <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I, did, I think that's what, did I say that? Question. <laughs> um, when Go you're ahead, looking Roger. at uh, the paranormal experiences, so it's not located at or centrally located at the ranch. Um, in talking with the Skinwalker Ranch team, especially Caleb and uh, Thomas, who have been there um, and grown up, you know, w- within the Uinta County. Um, They shared experiences that this happens all over the basin. Um, And it's not just at the ranch, but even uh, many, many years ago when the ranch was much larger and uh, there was a lot more property to what is now Skinwalker Ranch, Mm -hmm. um, there's been, I guess, phenomenon happening all over there. And so, you know, it's, it's been great. There's a, if you don't know, there's a guy uh, by the name of Junior Hicks who passed yeah. away um, just recently, but he was a, a science teacher there. I um, mean, he went about and 
interviewed all of these uh, residents there in the Uinta County Basin. Yep. And he put together a lot of information of just the uh, the UAP, UFOs, and things that happened and uh, put them into a database and then shared that with the, the team at Skinwalker Ranch. And so, yeah, it's happened all over and it would be, it would be fun to see, because um, I've seen in the chat, people are talking about maybe you know, some extra or like an additional Skinwalker Ranch show that mm -hmm. delves into other other things. But even just talking about with the residents of what happened in the past, because exactly there have yep. been newspaper clippings even back, uh, mm -hmm. you know, early 1900s there where things were just happening. Um, and yeah, it's it's made news all over the place. So yeah, yeah, that's the, very true. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The there's there's reports literally all over the region and we're, we're talking a very large geographic region we're talking several hundred square miles at least um, that comprises the uinta basin and the one of the only paranormal experiences i ever had was was in the basin located probably what raj maybe an hour hour and a half to the west of where skinwalker ranch is but still it's, it's kind of on the outskirts of where the Uinta Basin is so. Right. There's there's um, there's also a documentary out there. Uh, Jeremy Corbell did called "The Hunt for the Skinwalker." It came out about three three or four years yeah. ago, and in that he actually talks to a lot of people that uh, live in the vicinity of the ranch that are direct neighbors of the ranch, and they talk about all kinds of UAP sightings. Not so much actual skinwalker sightings, but definite UAP and UFO sightings. Um, in fact, I believe there was a guest that was brought on the show this this season by the name of Corey Sarawap. He's a, a Ute tribal member uh, that yes, lives in the area. Yes. Yep. And I believe Corey is also in that Jeremy Corbell video, uh, Corbell documentary, oh, he uh, where he goes into greater detail about the... Um, uh, the uh, healthcare center that he that he works at, mm -hmm. where he came out one one night and they had a UAP that was very very uh, close uh, uh, to them at that time, and so right. so these these activities have been going on uh, for a very long time, and there's apparently historical records that go back clear to the time of when uh, Father Escalante, who was coming through with the uh, Spanish uh, and Mexican uh, missionaries that came through. Uh, this would have been in the the 1700s, Raj, something like that. I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so there's there's reports of you know strange lights in the sky, um, all that kind of stuff going clear back. You know, even really hundreds of years. And yep. for those of you that that uh, if any of you went on the uh, McConkey Ranch tours that, that that james keenan uh did this last time yeah. yep. uh, it was my it was my first time ever going to mcconkey ranch and i just shared a whole bunch of the videos uh, a whole bunch of photos uh on my facebook page um mm -hmm. earlier today from that and james keenan even relates the story of how the ancient uh native american inhabitants of the area um were always you know drawing depictions of what appeared to be things happening in the sky he spoke of how there's uh, folklore and legends of these ancient uh, Native Americans about um, portals opening up and gateways, inter interdimensional gateways, and how the origin of their people uh, were called the Star People, mm -hmm. and how they came 
they basically came into our world from another dimension via the the, the means of what we would call in present day terms a portal and yep. of course there are legends all over the uinta basin and there are actual reports uh colonel john alexander who was actually the very first uh nids employee by uh working for B robert bigelow yep. uh, okay colonel john alexander talks about having uh seen portals opening when he was on the ranch i remember uh, that and uh and and whatnot and there's there's reports of um you know not just portals opening up but uh craft uh creatures coming out but that all happened before uh brandon fugel's team took over and right. um there does appear like on the uh in season what was it season two i think when they brought rabbi zadok on yes uh, that was and, awesome and they did that uh, uh ancient hebrew uh ceremony where uh, it was specifically to open a portal and right. near as they could tell the uh the thermal imaging that was focused on the homesteads homesteads uh showed you know the amorphous you know black area which in thermal imaging means that it's a, a black area means that it's very cool yep uh, whereas the ambient temperature surrounding it was still 80 90 degrees Right. Um, there's no known scientific explanation that would, uh, would explain that away, uh, that was readily available anyway. So, um, and then this last season, if you want my personal opinion, that I think it's in the, the fourth episode of season three, when they have the Salt Lake Astronomical Society. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yes. I have to, I have to put a plug in for that because my wife's father is actually a member of, uh, oh, the, really? Salt, the Salt Lake Astronomical Society. Oh, wow. so, That's awesome. Um, but, uh, at, during that episode, there's two really, really significant things that happen in that episode. And the first of which is when Caleb is shining that green laser up into yes. the sky. Yep. What happens to it? It gets cut off or right. the more pop, the more the way that I would describe it is that it's it's reflecting off of some unknown, unseen hard surface uh up and up in the sky up in where the quote-unquote anomaly is right. uh is situated so you have that happening and you know a laser you know you point a laser up into the sky it's going to go you know uh unobstructed clear up to to the atmosphere but it was clearly uh was clearly hitting some unseen something. object it definitely was yeah or, or something that caused the 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 progression of the beam to be cut off Mm -hmm. And then not only that, it bends and then splits it, which, right. you know, how, how are they doing that? That doesn't happen. <laughs> right. But then shortly after that, if you'll recall, what takes place is there is a huge, brilliant, momentary flash of light up in the yes. sky. Yep. And, um, you know, Travis puts forth the, the theory. Obviously, he's not saying that this is what happened. He's just saying one possible explanation is that may be the... Uh, the entry point or the end point of a wormhole. Well, a wormhole is what we would also refer to as a portal, right? Because it right. would basically be punching a hole in the, the fabric of space and time is, is the, uh, the general, you know, easy, easy explanation for what a wormhole is. It allows two points in space and time, yep. you know, let's say you want to get from point A to point Z Instead of having to travel through from points B through Y, you just simply fold and bam, they're right there. You go instantly from point A to point Z without having to worry about traveling that vast distance between points B and right. Y. So um, 
so yeah, and that's and that is what really excites me is seeing stuff like that that has yeah. actual scientific foundation behind it, and they're approaching it from a scientific yeah. perspective, trying to yeah. verify or falsify their own hypothesis that they they use to come up with, and that's that's one of the many things that excites me about the show. And yeah, and I want to show this here real quick too. This is something that uh, this is what I was talking about earlier about Eric. Uh, and his uh, his statement that he made, we are not here to believe. We are not here to disbelieve. We are here to observe. And Absolutely. he said that a couple of times during the Phenomicon, you know, that that was the, that's, yeah. that's their mantra. That's his mantra. And I think it, it absolutely stands for them all because that's exactly right. They're not trying. They're not going in saying, OK, I want to believe there's UAPs here, so I'm going to do everything I can to prove that. No, they're going in to just see what the evidence is where it takes them. and that evidence will take them somewhere as they collect it and they go on and they're coming up with new things that's what you know and that's the minds you know you watch you know between you know all of them are scientists i don't care what anybody says dragon thomas caleb every single one of them is a even even uh lindy and, and um and tom they are part of this investigation and they're all scientists in their own right Right. So, um, you know, you talk about, you know, some of them say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, like, like uh, Dragon or Brian, you know, talks about that. But he is part of this investigation. He is one of them, one of the investigators that's taking place here. And they and it's funny to watch Eric and 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 Travis come up with contraptions. They're always building like when they were doing the bottles and they were putting the GPS tracking inside the bottles and all that different stuff that they were making. I'm like. Who does this kind of stuff? Who makes their own circuitry? You know, I mean, <laughs> to make their own device, they right. do. You know, and, yeah. and uh, but it's it's truly amazing to watch uh, what they are doing, and and I cannot wait for season four to come out and to see what they and they kind of they couldn't tell us, but yet they were like, "You're gonna really like season four and the experiments that they've been doing." Everybody's like asking them, "Dad, did you dig into the mesa? Did you blow up the mesa?" You know, no, 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 no. You know, and they have to be very surgical about whatever they do because they don't want to destroy if there is anything under there. They don't want to destroy right. it by going in there and blowing it up. You know, I mean, let me ask you that whole section when they had to, when they were putting the smoke bombs in on the show mm -hmm. and the smoke bomb and the smoke was immediately coming out at first and then getting sucked inside. Um, and, every, and, and to me, that whole part of the Mesa wall looks like it has been collapsed in on itself. I agree. Do you, you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yep. I thought I, so too. I I, I completely so, agree. Why is was it a natural occurrence? They had the one guy, and I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but they had the one guy that came out there, and they were talking about if if it had been a natural collapse, you would have seen the the um the the like the sand or the loose material would have washed out into underneath the rock. You would have the rock fall down, and then the loose material would have washed out, and there's no evidence of that at all. Yeah. So how did it collapse? Was it done purposely? I, where, you know, Christopher um, uh, Bartell comes in, you know? Yeah. Chris, 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 Chris Bartell is an absolute amazing resource uh, for, for Skinwalker Ranch. And he takes some of the most breathtaking photos. I mean, really um, I, I don't know a whole lot of his story, but what I, what I, what I do know of his story, I mean, what a, what a great guy. I mean, just, a, just, 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 um, 
you know, the, the, the things that he's I'm sure come on the show, by the way, <laughs> is he, Oh yeah. Um, he's going to come on the show. I'm, we I'm, haven't got a date yet. Cause he's really busy right now, but yeah, he said he would. I'm, I'm really so, looking forward ahead. to that one then. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess that's the million dollar question then, you know, if, if there was a, uh, a structure that was collapsed, was it done by Bigelow's team? Was it done by somebody before the Shermans or the Myers uh, took possession of the ranch or, right. Is it something that uh, whatever or whomever it is that's behind all the uh, anomalies and strange phenomena, did did they do it? And did they do it to uh, to be sort of like a protection for whatever is inside the Mesa? You know, I we, we clearly know from this last season that there is a large metallic object uh, of unknown origin or composition, really, deep within the Mesa. That's really all that we know. And then... When you factor in that, plus the stories of people uh, witnessing UAPs coming in and out of the Mesa. I know, it, that's incredible. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, that moment in, um, what is it, Black Panther and, and the Avengers movies where, mm -hmm. you know, it's like you, you look like you're going to be flying into the, the side of a mountain. And it turns out that that's just, uh, you know, like a, Odd. a, a, a an, an, an illusion. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. So not not that I would volunteer to crash a plane or a drone. <laughs> I don't want to try <laughs> into the mesa to try it, but you never yeah. know, right? Yeah, I'd um, be the one that tries it. Yeah, yeah, that's but that's that, and and what a what a fascinating thing to find out that uh, with those metal flakes, which was really cool. Those people that got to go to uh, Phenomicon actually got to see those metal flakes up close. Yeah, we did, and you can actually see on one side. They are very clearly, just as they described in the TV show, two different uh, elements, two different kinds of metal that appear to be fused together. Yep. Now, europium and tellurium, something like that. Uh, europium and tellurium, yeah. Tellurium, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, it, it's it's one of those things that they they had analyzed by the University of Utah. Uh, one of the, uh, I guess they did a metallurgical analysis or whatever the term is, but. Um, indicated that it was a, a uh, not a natural process that brought those mm -hmm. elements together. They were fused. Oh. And then for Travis, I did, didn't Travis say that uh, it was similar? You, you find the same uh, elements uh, present in the heating tiles of the space shuttle and, yes. and spacecraft. So yes. again, you know, it's just one more little potential piece of the puzzle that, you know, are these, is the, is that object in there maybe some kind of a dormant, spacecraft of some kind or you know who knows is it a is it a power source you know is it a generator of some kind which would make sense because of all yep. the strange um, electromagnetic anomalies that are occurring out there but that still doesn't hold a candle to uh that image that they shared about what's what's above the triangle i mean i i still I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. I, I, yeah. So are you talking about at the, uh, at the insiders meet and greet? They I, had sure a, well, I, I took a picture of that. I mean, they showed it to us. We all were taking pictures. I suppose I could share that. Right. I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me see if I could find it real quick, but yeah, that was, uh, and that was really another thing that was really cool about the, uh, the Phenomicon was the insiders meet and greet when we all got there and I was, I, I they were expecting like a hundred or uh, like, I'm sorry, like 50 people. How many do you yeah. think were in there? How many how many folks do you think were in that? In that didn't 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 they say that there were just over two hundred fifty insiders that were there? <laughs> and that, and it, it seemed like it. I mean, it, the room was full. 
it, it was. was yeah, they had to bring in more chairs. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the funny thing. Yeah, that was the funny thing too. Was that you know you look over and there's Thomas. Thomas is puffing chairs in. You know, so I would, I you know, I was standing by the edge there for a little bit. So I went over and grabbed some and was helping with that too. But, I mean, you know, the guys are so. Yeah, they're so cool about that. I mean, they were all just jumping in. I was trying to find that picture I've got, and I cannot find it. I'm um, looking at the McConkey Ranch stuff. That was, and that's where we met Miriam. Miriam's out there. Um, yeah, she just said that was awesome to see, and it was that um, that anomaly. I can't just just well, while you're doing that, if I can answer a couple of please. questions yes, I see in the comments section. Um, let's see, uh, Jan, could these be metals that come from a meteor? My my understanding is uh, uh, maybe, uh, but my understanding is also that with meteors, you tend to get a high concentration of what they call iridium. Um, and while there has been iridium deposits found elsewhere, very nearby the ranch, including that was one of the things they claim to have found up on Blind Frog Ranch. Um, but I'm not aware of them uh, coming across any iridium uh, or anything that leads them to believe that uh, it was necessary a meteor in uh, nature. And then uh, C. Fulton, could the metal be from the Challenger? Um, I would be tempted to say no, simply because that blew up in Florida uh, off the coast of uh, Cape Canaveral, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the debris and stuff from that uh, would have been centralized right there uh, in Florida. Uh, Columbia might be the one you're thinking of, the one that blew up uh, yes. on reentry. Yeah. Uh, right. disinter- disintegrated and re-entry in uh, what was it, Raj? Two thousand three, two thousand four, somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, so. Roger and I were actually working at eBay at the time of the uh, Columbia explosion, oh, really? and we actually uh, eBay had to go into high gear because people were actually, as soon as the debris was falling from the sky and hitting the ground, They're they were trying parts and, and trying to sell it. They yeah. were trying to sell it on eBay, which of course. Uh, is all kinds of, uh, you know, morbid aspect to it, but yeah, also illegal. <laughs> so, um, so no, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I'm never, I never say never, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that uh, my understanding is the Columbia uh, was disintegrating more over Texas and uh, far more South than, than the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't think there was probably much uh, chance of, of that being the case, but Certainly, uh, all excellent, uh, excellent suggestions, excellent questions, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a subject matter expert. I, I just, uh, I, I'm a big history buff, and, and uh, that's 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 really the only authority, only authority that I have. That and tacos. I love tacos. Did I, have I mentioned <laughs> that I like tacos? Yeah, <laughs> I did. They were awesome too. Yeah. Uh, oh, I really. I was, I'm getting an update. Linda just sent me an update. Chargers three, Chiefs zero. One minute left in the first quarter. Okay. Chargers are winning? Yeah, three to nothing. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I don't have Herbert or Mahomes on my fantasy team, so. Yeah, there you go. Go but, uh, Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> we won't mention that the Chargers beat them on Sunday. No, yeah, we won't mention that, right? Okay, so uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm a, I'm a Chargers fan still. My son and I, uh, we both like the Chargers, and uh, from living in San Diego years ago. But uh, anyway, so that's a that's a subject for another another show, another episode we have to do at some time. But uh, okay, so let me ask you guys. All right, I'm gonna I, I ask this question of all the insiders because uh, I think it's really a fun one to kind of 
to kind of jab at. And Roger, you haven't uh, said a whole lot lately, so I'm going to ask you first. <clears throat> Skinwalker Ranch. We know there is high strangeness uh, happening there. Um, do you have uh, some ideas at what might be causing it that you'd like to share with us? What do you think is going on out there? Just uh, you know, your theory, if you don't yeah, mind. Sure. <laughs> now, that's a really good question. And uh, as I think about all my knowledge and everything that's happened there, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to uh, hone in on just any one theory um, because there's, I mean, it makes me think that about or think back about what uh, Travis Taylor said that uh, the Uinta Basin is shaped like a disc mm -hmm. um, and was hit by a meteor. Um, you know, yep. <laughs> I'm not for sure how many uh, thousands of years ago. But, you know, there's a lot of interesting metal there, um, things in the ground. And uh, one thing that I would say is that the Uinta Basin is definitely full of, I mean, you've got fossil fuels out there. You've got uh, the Dinosaur National Monument. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got a lot of different things and, and, and metal, um, precious metals coming out of the ground there. Um, and it's also steeped in a lot of Native American history. Yes. So yes. you've got, you've got not only, um, you know, the Ute tribe there uh, and, you know, several other tribes, Navajo, um, I think, uh, what is it, Jim? The, the Ore? Yeah, the Navajo, I, the Ute, and the Ore. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got a lot of history there. Um, and then not only that, but you have the, the Spanish coming through and really all those tales of Aztec treasure and, you know, Montezuma's treasure um, when... Yeah. And then you've yeah, got all the you've got all the Mormon folk, folklore and legends that are that are prevalent out there. Absolutely. So um, there's a lot of theories and, and things that a lot of people have. But simply put, my my theory is that there is there has to be something to do um, with the area and with the metals and things in the ground um, yep. and just how those are manipulated. Um, I'm really interested in the Native, Native American stories because yes. um, as we were looking at the McConkie Ranch um, mm -hmm. petroglyphs and talking um, with James Keenan, he made a lot of, um, you know, different comparisons about the Native Americans and what these actual petroglyphs look like and talked about portals and opening up. Um, and really, I think there's, if you wanted to find something as spiritual because um, it means different things to different people in different cultures, but mm -hmm. there is something on that level that is happening there. And I really think it has to do with a lot of your beliefs and what is going on there. Um, and yeah, like the magnetic fields all over there, all over the place. So mm -hmm. for me, it just comes down to, I think that there's a lot of different ways that we as people can manipulate whatever's in the ground there. Um, and there is, to me, it seems like there's an intelligence there, um, whether, um, it's a, an interdimensional being, right. Or something, um, that has been here that just, we haven't discovered yet. It definitely has that ability to manipulate thoughts and feelings, um, of anybody that's there. So 
I know a lot of people have like really good things and feelings. Other people have fear, um, but it is, there's just a lot in the area that can be manipulated. And I definitely think it comes in how we interact with the ground there and the metal. Yep. Jim, same question. What do you think, man? What do you think is going on there? Um, well, that's what makes Skinwalker Ranch so unique is that it's a little bit of everything. I've, it truly is. You know, it, it's uh, a lot of people have described it as a paranormal Disneyland mm -hmm. because you have you have on one hand, you've got uh, classic trickster or poltergeist like activity. Yep. Uh, which is also you can roll in the hitchhiker effect with uh, with yep. parts of that. You've got what are uh, UAP craft sightings, UFOs. So yep. you're hitting on that one. You've got uh, cryptids that are reported to have been seen. Uh, mostly all those stories go back to before the Brandon's team taking over. So Correct. We, don't really, we don't really know how much stock we can place in all of that. Right. You've, you've got orbs that appear to be under some kind of intelligent control or self-awareness, uh, sentience of some kind. Right. Yep. And there are, of course, you know, the capper for me is the reports of, of portals. So um, it, it's, it's a little bit of everything. You know, it, it, could, it could be all of the above. And sometimes it does. It seems to be uh, all of the above happening from time to time. Mm -hmm. But is it one particular thing? I, I don't think anybody can really uh, yeah. accurate, accurately speak to that because right. there are some things that happen that very clearly seem to fit inside one box. Like, oh, that's this is classic poltergeist, classic mm -hmm. trick, trickster phenomenon. Yep. But then you have something really malicious happen, like what happened with Tom Winterton uh, before season one began filming, where right. he had the, you know, his scalp separating from. Uh, yeah. school. Uh, and then you have, uh, you know, something like that. What is, what is the explanation for that? Was it, was it exposure to uh, real extreme radiation plus other forces as well? Gravitational forces. Uh, there's reports all over the region of there being gravitational anomalies. In fact, um, at one time back in the 1970s or 1980s, NASA actually ran a top secret program out in the Uinta Basin, and they called it Gravity Base Vernal. And there's I heard actually about that, a, but I didn't know much about it. There's actually a survey marker that is still out there in the location where they were running that. Now, whether or not that was ever actually revealed and explained as to what that was, I don't know if there's been any FOIA requests to uh, to um, disclose what exactly they were doing out there at this Gravity Base Vernal, mm -hmm. but. The fact that uh, they were clearly um, investigating gravitic anomalies really um, kind of adds one more one more layer to all this mystery. You know, uh, there's just there's just too many things going on. I think to really say definitively one way or the other that it's oh it's 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 uh, it's demons or it's you know this or that or yeah. it's you know it's skinwalkers. And the reality is, even though the name of the of the property is Skinwalker Ranch to the best of my knowledge, nobody that's there on the ranch right now has actually seen uh, a cryptid or a skinwalker or anything of that nature. Um, right. Does that mean it can't happen or won't happen? Uh, I don't think you or I are in a position, nor is anybody, to, to say one way or the other definitively. But I believe that um, 
what is happening out there is very real. We know that much because they're actually, unlike the Bigelow's team, they are documenting it. They are yes. backing it up with the data. They are conducting experiments and getting repeatable results in these experiments, yep. which is essential to forming a really solid yes. hypothesis and verifying one way or the other. Okay, can we can we check this off and throw it in the on the scrap heap, or is there more to this, and what can we do to maybe take this experiment to the next phase. And so some of this, uh, the realm of, of the paranormal, some of this stuff, the reason why it's called paranormal is because we just simply don't understand it. Exactly. We, don't, we, we haven't figured out the science behind it. Right. Um, and so until we, we get a better foothold on what these new laws of physics and science might be that are causing these things to happen or right. that we're seeing uh, wherein we're seeing these happen. Uh, I don't think we're going to really have uh, a good idea because there are, you know, when it, particularly when it comes to the hitchhiker effect, uh, if we can mm -hmm. talk about that for a moment, um, we already know that, uh, you know, Caleb has mentioned that he's, he's, he's had the, the hitchhiker effect. Tom Winterton has experienced the hitchhiker effect. Travis has, and uh, clearly it's significant enough that he doesn't feel comfortable talking about it yet. Right. Uh, and he probably won't until his time uh, working at Skinwalker Ranch comes to an end, if if even then. Right. But but exactly. a couple of things a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. I don't know if you picked up on during it was either during the meet and greet on Saturday or during Travis's uh, um, presentation on Sunday morning, where he actually referenced one of the stories in the skinwalkers at the Pentagon book, this guy, Axelrod, who's, mm. uh, who was one of the DOD guys. Um, I think in 2009 was when, uh, Axelrod was on the, on the property and he was only there one day. Correct. Roger. It was just one day, uh, overnight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And this yeah. is a guy that was a seasoned military vet, uh, right. you know, working over overseas in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. So, he uh, he he brought something home with him, and the thing is, is it didn't mess with him. It first appeared to his wife, and then to his two sons. And not only did it then affect them, but their neighbors started seeing yeah. the same the same anomalies. And so clearly, there's something there's something to this. And is it's uh, they they've ascribed the term infectious agent model. You know, think of. Think of in terms of COVID, you get you get this uh, you know patient zero as they talk about that comes that contracts this infectious disease, and then they pass it along to one person. That person becomes a vector, and then they just you know transmit the the virus or whatever the illness is. Right. And that model seems to fit with this hitchhiker phenomenon. Now, the strange thing about it is that not everybody that goes on the ranch experiences that. Uh, Dragon, for instance, Dragon, yeah. He, he's always joking about how he's paranormal kryptonite, you know, just things just don't have any, <laughs> yeah. things just don't have any, any effect on him. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, Eric, Eric didn't go into great detail, but Eric indicated that he's also experienced a couple of things that have given him pause to wonder if maybe uh, he hasn't experienced a little bit of the hitchhiker phenomenon. Um, my understanding is that Brandon has not. Uh, yep. yeah, that's what Diane was saying. Yeah, Diane's um, saying the same thing, Brandon and Bryant. Exactly. So, yeah, I just see that now. So, uh, yeah, Diane, spot on there. But yep. um, 
you know, that's me personally, if I were invited to go out to the ranch, I know that Roger would jump at the opportunity, you know, full stop. I, <laughs> I would not go, not because I'm afraid of what would happen to me. I'd be afraid of bringing something home to mess with my wife and my kids. And yeah, uh, because yeah. that's what it seems to do. It seems to mess more with the innocence as it were, as opposed to the people that were actually on the ranch. It's almost like a, yeah, for want of, a, for want of a better word, a punishment, uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes these hitchhiker things are, are the playful bit, the, the playful things. Like you set something down, you go to get yourself a, a, a drink out of the refrigerator and you come back and the item that you just had there sitting on the shelf or the counter of the table is is no longer there. I mean, that's that's classic poltergeist, you know, trickster uh, yep. behavior there. And um, and who knows, is that tied into the uh the skinwalker curse that the navajos uh uh unleashed on the youths or is it oh how do you explain it i don't know yeah. i i heard one person this weekend uh put it this way and it was kind of kind of interesting because it kind of kind of dovetails into what my own personal spiritual beliefs are but that it's you know imagine that our reality or our existence has what we would call a veil you know like a veil that comes down over um a bride's you know face during a during a wedding ceremony and imagine that there is a veil between our reality and you know call it the spirit world call it uh another dimension what have you and i think that there are first and foremost i think there are some people that can actually see through this veil from time to time and can perceive exact well people like her you know people that are psychics um I, I don't know how much I believe in the, the psychic phenomena full stop, but I know there are some people that are really good actual psychics that use their, their ability for, for good things. Um, I think Cheryl, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Carter is one, if I'm not mistaken. She was talking about that. Yeah. Um, really fascinating. I'd love, I'd love to hear more of, of her background, but, but again, there, there are some people that seem to be able to perceive uh, what happens on the other side of the veil. Um, there are moments where, some people experience uh, deceased loved ones. They they catch a glimpse of them in their home, or they they hear their mother or their father or a deceased you know departed loved one talking to them. Um, but maybe we have the same kind of thing going on at Skinwalker Ranch, where there is another dimension, where you know, and 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 I believe that this this spirit world, if we're going to put it in that kind of a context. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the veil where this spirit world exists, it probably looks very similar to what they portray in the, the TV show Stranger Things, where you have the upside down, where it's a it's a mirror image of our world, except the the people that are there are are disembodied. They no longer have a physical body. And so I think that maybe there's some of that in play with, with what goes on at Skinwalker Ranch. And it's so it's technically another dimension. And what I mean by that is that this, the spirit world, assuming one exists, and of course we have no way to prove one way or the other if it does or not. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pure speculation and conjecture, but assuming that a spirit world exists, like when you die and your spirit, you know, your essence, your soul lives on. That um, energy. Yep. Then that energy, very, 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 very good term. I, I like that. Uh, your energy continues to live on uh, despite your physical death. And it would be in this other dimension where we can't see it with our own five senses. You know, we can't see it with our eyes. We can't, you know, touch it. We can't hear it. 
but sometimes the the veil the whatever you want to call it that causes that separation between our reality or our dimension and the other dimension uh that veil i think sometimes gets very thin and mm -hmm. we already have uh great uh prominent physicists such as uh dr michio kaku uh who believes in you know the, this uh fabulous string theory which i'm a big uh big fan of and he believes that there are i think, I think it's up to like 12 or actually actually 14 perceivable dimensions uh that are out there now obviously we live in a three-dimensional world where we can sense things like height uh you know volume width you know uh depth, things like depth. that right yeah exactly but how would people in a fourth dimension where the fourth dimension elements are time and space and we can't see time and space we can't see the effects of time and space but what yep. if the people that live in another dimension and i guess one way to think of it is imagine if you're if you're standing over a goldfish pond Okay, and you see all those beautiful, like if you've ever been in a Japanese garden, mm -hmm. there's yep. these beautiful, yep. beautiful koi that are that are there in the in the ponds. Well, if you were one of those fish, if you're one of the koi in the pond and you're looking up and you see, you know, there's these strange beings, and all of a sudden one of them reaches into your dimension and picks you up and takes you out, you're now all of a sudden finding yourself in a completely, you know, foreign and uh, you can, you have no words to describe what you're seeing and what you're experiencing because right. in your dimension where you can go, you know, only certain directions in this other dimension, there's a whole other aspect to reality that you were never aware of before. Right, That's a great analogy. Yep. And so I think what we're dealing with perhaps, you know, this is just, just, you know, throwing it out for speculation. Maybe that's what we're also dealing with on Skinwalker Ranch is that, this veil, this partition that keeps our reality and other dimensions and other realities um, apart from each other, maybe sometimes that partition gets, you know, gets pulled back or it gets so thin to where what happens in those other times and, and, and spaces and, and dimensions leaks into our own. In fact, leads uh, over. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And John Dover, the the, uh, the Navajo Ranger that was on yes. Yes. Uh, this past season talks about yes. how the Native American tradition believes that those those dimensions are interweaved together. And sometimes, yes, some things can leak through from one dimension to the other. And yep. so if we're going to take the interdimensional aspect of it, a lot of that, because it's all sheer theory, because we have no way that we're aware of at this point to quantify it and to identify it. But I think if, if we take the interdimensional approach, that's, you know, one, one potential possibility, but it could also be, it could very simply be that we do have extraterrestrial civilizations that are traveling from whatever part of the, the universe that they're from to uh, the Uinta basin. Now, why? That would be anybody's guess. You know, why would they why would they come here of all places and not right. somewhere else? But Roger touched upon one of the things that we do have here in the Uinta Basin is a an abundance of uh, minerals and precious metals. You know, uh, so there's there's lots of reasons to to support a theory for something like that. But then there's also the possibility that what if what we're seeing here. With these UAPs, not just on Skinwalker Ranch, but elsewhere in the world, what if 
uh, as Lou Elizondo has, has said a number of times, what if we find out we are not at the top of the food chain? Yeah, exactly. We, we being human beings, what if right. there has been another civilization, another, another race of beings that has always been present on planet Earth, but we're just now in the last couple of decades, you know, last 80 years, last couple hundred years even, that they're making their presence known and that we're just now developing the technology that can uh, detect them. Uh, and so maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a, you know, we, we have stories in the Bible, um, you know, the city of Enoch, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Ezekiel, you know, there's all these stories that are out there. Uh, there was a great book that was written many years ago by a man uh, named Mac Tonys called um, uh, the, uh, Stalking the, the Crypto Terrestrial or something like that, I where, heard of that one. where it basically uh, puts forth the theory that maybe there, maybe these reports that we're hearing of aliens, you know, the stereotypical aliens, the greys mm -hmm. and all that, right. maybe, maybe they're not extraterrestrial. Maybe they are the original inhabitants of this planet. Maybe they are... Or if they're not the original inhabitants, maybe they've been here for for eons and they're just able to make, you know, to, to keep themselves hidden because their technology is so far advanced from our own. So, you know, that's that's another aspect to consider. There's uh, it's literally and that's I mean, that I, I realize that's like the old, way too long answer that I, I gave. You <laughs> no, that was great. I, I love your explanation. That's 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 the problem. Yeah, you know, I, I get really passionate about this. And there, there's there's always, you know, there's that's what's so exciting about Skinwalker Ranch is it could be any of these things or it could be something that it could be none of the above. It could be all of the above. So exactly. As long as there's tacos, I'm happy. Yeah. And I think you guys are both right. You know, that's kind of the way I feel about it. I feel that there was a, like, like Roger was saying, I think that because of the Uintah Basin, and this is something I mentioned to Thomas when I had him on the show, that the Uintah Basin was a crash site. Now there are some leftover remnants of a not crash site of a meteor or an asteroid is what I meant not a ship, but maybe a ship too with the metal. Uh, but, um, but you know, it has created this dish and with the materials left over and with the things that happened to their electronics, how their, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the compasses go off kilter when they drill into the ground, the, uh, the magnetometer readings just going crazy, the radiation that shows up for an instant and then is gone. All those things combined together means that there's something happening on not just in the ranch kind of central on the ranch but all around in that area why and why does it why do the ships show up there why do the the i say i say ships why do the uaps show up there we don't know what they are yet so i'm going to call them a uap but why why are they showing up there are they able to come by and their need to draw from that <clears throat> energy whatever it may be or is there a portal right. going in the whole talk about things going into the basin or into the mesa wall and coming out of the mesa wall i mean that just blows my mind you know we talked well, we touched yeah. on that too but it's just i i can't i'm not going to be the guy that tries you know <laughs> yeah and i and i run at that know, full speed and see what happens it's it's such a daunting proposition to try to get to the bottom of all this i mean there's there's literally so so many possible avenues that the uh that it could come down to and um I think that's one of the things that really captivates me about the whole subject of Skinwalker Ranch and and really the phenomena that that happens, you know, on a 
fairly regular basis all throughout right. the Uinta Basin. But there's also other hot spots. Let's not forget, you know, uh, down in Arizona, uh, you got Sedona, you've got uh, Bradshaw Ranch, uh, of course, the uh, the legend of Stardust Ranch, where um, mm-hmm. the guy was like an Indiana Jones, you know, swashbuckling alien killer, um, all that kind of stuff. If you, if you believe any of those legends, but there's there's all kinds of hot spots all over the world, but I'm not aware of any of them that are as 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 significant with the frequency uh, and the scale uh, as what we see happening on Skinwalker Ranch. Um, right. It's like every time I every time I turn around, there's there's something new and exciting being yeah. reported and being being discovered out there. And uh, just some of the a, things they, that they saw last season, I think last season was the best uh, of them. Granted, they found some other cool things in the previous season. But last season, you know, the, the couple of things that stood out to me was a Lucy, the orb that they captured that was moving around outside of the building of Homestead too. Yeah, clearly not an, a bug, clearly not a bird not a bat, any kind of animal. It was moving around and it was on intelligent. It was like, it was looking like something walking around, looking for something and right. it moved its way around and then it disappeared. It went behind a bush and it was gone. And then all the insiders found one inside Homestead too. And that's what they were showing at Phenomicon. So it, the same kind of orb appeared inside the kitchen of Homestead too, and actually came over and it was like, it came right up to the camera hovered there for a second and then moved off. Like it was coming to check out the camera. This was captured by insiders and they were told, and we told them and they, and I wasn't there. I saw the after uh, images that were captured from that, but it was just phenomenal. So you've have those things like that are being found and documented by the crew at Skinwalker ranch, by the guys. It's it's, there's definitely something happening there. And I think they're getting closer and closer by trying different experiments to try to come to an answer of what is going on they may never get the full answer on this it may never come and they may yeah. never get nothing more than yeah john edwards called it a, a paranormal disneyland it truly is yeah it's a, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a it's a high strangeness uh disneyland uh, things that like that happen in all the time so D- disneyland or six flags <laughs> yeah i don't know I, Six Flags kind of guy, yeah. Actually, you know? yeah, me, 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 me too. I think, yeah, yeah. Very just, good point. Just, just get me some bumper cars, and I'm happy. Bumper cars and yeah. a churro, I'm good. Yeah, I like the I like the roller coasters in the dark. Personally, I kind of oh. like those. Yeah, when you have no you're, idea what that turn is going or that. <laughs> you're on your own there, pal. <laughs> oh man, this has been an awesome discussion, guys. I mean, you know, we're we're at an hour and forty five minutes. Can you believe that we've gone through that much time already? Um, where does the time go i know i know truly but you know i i gotta say though that the the whole thing you know uh, and and i'm going to go back to being an insider one more time folks and that's what the show is about it's the insider's insights and we've gotten many insights from both roger and from jim tonight um really really cool explanations from both of you on your beliefs and the, and the things that you know i i knew that this kind of should the show was going to be like that because talking to you both at phenomicon uh, I got the sense that you've got all this stuff that you you would you know information um, that I wanted to get out on the show, and that's really why I wanted to have you guys on because it was, you're going to have a great podcast, and I, I hope that I can uh, uh, join you someday on that because I think that yes. you know, having these kinds of discussions uh, is fascinating. Um, yeah, it, B. Jones said Lucy was inside Homestead too. Yeah, for sure, um, and that's that, and that's the thing. You know, some of the much of that what we're talking about right now. Is also talked about in the chat 
uh, during the times that we're all watching the the feeds that are coming through. Uh, and the feeds will get back to normal again at some point here once they get done filming. Um, but there's just the idea that they drag us along with all this is just fascinating. Um, yeah. And, and I, all these- I, I truly, I, I, I just think the world of, of the team that Brandon has put together out there. I mean, they, and look at what we've, we've, we've watched them from season one, where in that very first episode, when they're in Brandon's office and Travis is just, skeptical from the get-go and then we just what was the term it was used yeah we've we've just we've just gradually you know yeah that was it it's funny to hear him tell that story too because when they first met uh they did they told it a couple different times to different groups uh, at panomicon about how they felt about travis when he first got there and he was looking at them just going you guys are batshit crazy you know, and and now he is so involved in what's going on. They made him a T-shirt. We saw it at the yeah. Insiders uh, thing. They had a T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those those great fans from uh, from Louisiana, weren't they? I, I yeah, don't, don't remember yeah. their name, but man, that was yeah. that was that was awesome. Love that. Yeah, truly, it yeah, it really was. And and again, Phenomicon was great. I I have to hand it to the folks that were there, uh, that were running the show. They helped me so much. Sam, Sam, and I. Sam was one of the young guys there that was uh, helping and he was going to a lot of the events. Him and I just seemed to be, you know, fo- I was like following him around all the time to, to the different events out to McConkie Ranch to see the pet, you know, all the Petrogas. James Keenan was awesome. The speakers were all awesome, every one of them. And, and yeah. you know, and the cool thing about it is that you guys are going to have many of them on your show. I'm going to have many of them on my show. And, and, and I got to say too, before I go too, that, that uh, Mike Owen, He's one of the uh, moderators out at the chat for the Facebook group and also for the uh, YouTube channel of the chat inside there for the insiders. Um, he told me when I was heading out to Utah, he said, Jeff, I really implore you to take a look at the whole Bigfoot thing and, and dig into this a little bit, if you would. Um, and so I said, you know, OK, I've always been on the fence with Bigfoot. I, I, I'm one of those people that are going, where's the bones? Where's the where's the hide? Where's the hair? Where's the something of tangible evidence, but I'm starting to get my I, mind. I could I could take my shirt off and you would see Bigfoot right there. I mean, I'm I'm a. All right, well, I'm this a, is a family show. I'm, so I'm, gonna... I'm a Viking descent, so I've got a I've got that I've got a you know. Well, I can sorry. confirm nor Sorry for the mental picture, folks. Sorry. But no, that you know, and it's it's so that you know, I talked when I was there. I listened very closely to uh, Mariah. Mayor, Dr. Mariah Mayor, and what a background. I had no idea from watching the show of her background. She takes, you know, follows after, is it Jane Goodall? Um, yep. You know, and, and just that whole primate study, who better as one of your researchers to have on a team? And she will tell you, I'm still trying to just see what this is all about. She's not pro- Bigfoot. She's not anti-Bigfoot. She is a researcher who wants to find out. So after talking with these guys, and then also, you know, Ronnie with Ronnie LeBlanc got up and talked. And then you've got um, uh, Russell, uh, Russell, Ru- Russell Cord talking. And we got to, I got to have breakfast with him too. And it was just, you know what? I, I, so I, I went to him. I said, guys, will you come on the show? Because I really want to get into this a little deeper. And all of them agreed to come on the show. Now, I didn't get Bryce because Bryce was quick. It was like we, I missed him somewhere along the way. Um, he didn't, he wasn't around a whole lot. But everybody, all, all three of them said they will come on the show. Ronnie and, and Mariah, Mayor, Dr. Mayor are going to come on together. 
Uh, they want to come nice. on together on the show. And then we're going to have, I'm going to have Russ Accord come on the show. He's coming on. What a, what a great bunch of people. I mean, all of them were, everybody. Yeah. April Slaughter. We went on a ghost hunt with her on Wednesday on a ghost hunt at the, uh, it was one of the hotels. Uh, I can't remember the name. It was a hotel there in, uh, in downtown uh, Vernal. And we went to a ghost hunt and I, and I actually was able, I asked her, I said, April, would you mind if I've got some a microphone here, lapel mic and transmitter stuff, can I put a mic on you for this? How do you feel about that? And she said, she thought about it for a second and she's like, eh, yes, I'll do it. So I put a microphone on her for the entire event. I've got it all recorded on my camera. And so I cannot wait. I haven't gone through the evidence yet. I got so much to go through. But the whole thing from start to finish, covering all the different stuff at, at the Phenomicon was phenomenal. It really, right. truly was. And I cannot 100%. wait to go back next year. Uh, the guys that all the work that everybody did to put this show on was it was really, really cool. Um, and I can't wait to see it again uh, next year and see who they're going to have. And also have these people on my show. I mean, we're we're all in it. You guys and I, we're in a great position here. Um being able oh, to yeah. meet these folks and have them come on. I mean, I'm just, uh, who, who, who do you think you want to have on first? Do you have any ideas on that? Um, well, the, as far as the Phenomicon folks go, um, yeah. I think Caleb is going to be our first guest. Really? Uh, awesome. Yeah. We're, we're going to get Caleb. And then, uh, once we get him, I'm going to reach out to, uh, my guess and, and Roger can chime in on this. I think we want to get Tom and maybe, uh, uh, maybe dragon. If for yeah. no other, if for no other reason than, uh, you know, just just for the fun aspect of having Dragon on, I, I think he's, he's funny. Gonna, he's he's going to be awesome. I, he he and I, uh, near as I can tell, he and I share a very similar sense of humor, kind of you know sarcastic and and snarky, and that's uh, you know being a, being a New Yorker, that's uh, you know I'm a wise I'm a wise guy. <laughs> I, I do have to say one thing and uh, put this out there. Um, Jeff, you were talking about the staff that put on such a phenomenal show. Yep. 100% agree with that. And uh, we talked to a young lady by the name of Bridget who helps, who's basically on the uh, tourist um, board there that they have for the city of Vernal. Yep. She helps yep. plan and was there um, deeply That's involved. Awesome. And she, when we talked to her, she's like, can you please get the word out about Phenomicon? Yep. And so we made her a promise that we were going to get her on our show Um one of these first things just to talk about the event, how it's planned, yep. what they have coming up. So that's really super exciting as well, because we'll be able to actually look at kind of the behind the scenes and yes. how they make that wonderful conference happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to be there next year. I, I really do. Again, I, I just, it's been f fantastic to be here in this area. Um, like I said, I'm still here. I'm actually heading out on Saturday. Uh, and I'm sad to leave. I really am. I mean, there's, well, I got to tell the story real quick before I go. And I, I mentioned I was going to tell the story. Uh, I was out last night. I, I decided, you know, here I am, I'm back to work. But I, I got, last night, I wanted to go take some more pictures. And it was raining all day. It finally quit raining. Um, and I went up to, uh, into the um, uh, Flaming Gorge, got some pictures. And then I wanted to go find this uh, moon. It's called uh, Moonshine Arch. And it's, I mean, it's like a stone's throw from here uh, where I'm at at the campground. So I go on my way back, I pull in there and I go in and it's starting to get late. Um, and there's another, and I ran into a, a, a young couple in there that were walking around. They were trying to find it. And I said, well, there's a map right here. And it's, a, it's not a very good map, quite honestly. Uh, and I said, okay, well, let's go, let's take a walk and try to find it. So we're walking, walking, walking. And we went, and we went down this way and we turned around and came back and we went over this way down these trails. 
and you're in the high desert trails. You know, you got this brush all around you and stuff, and you're walking on these little bumpy trails or whatever dirt paths. We never did find it. Well, we're coming back, and and I'm going to go a different direction. And those two had had enough. They've been looking for an hour or more, so they decided to go back. Well, the sun's going down. It's down behind the the ridges now. It's getting dark. I'm still walking around out here trying to find this thing. And I'm walking out. I went out quite a ways, and I, I'm still not finding it. And I'm coming, and I'm out there, and I'm like, you know, it's it's getting pretty dark. <laughs> I got no flashlight. I got a camera. I got my cell phone. I can turn the light on my cell phone. I didn't do that, but I'm walking around, and and I'm coming, you know, and I decided, okay, I've had enough. I, I can't find this thing, and I'm going to head back. So I'm walking back, and honestly, I'm telling you, it got creepy. It got yeah. really creepy when the sun went down. And I'm walking along and I'm like, I'm like, what was that? I'm looking over here and I'm, you know, and, and you got this high brush all around and I'm looking around. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep on. And I'm thinking in my brain, Jeff, you're a paranormal investigator. You're used to this kind of thing. Embrace it, dude. Don't be. You know? <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm going to get on back now. <laughs> it's getting kind of dark. I got no protection, no flashlight, no nothing. I was seeing shadows and I know, I know, I know it was just shadows. It was just me. I know my, 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 the thing was playing on me and I'm looking around and I'm like, man, I, you know, if I, it was just weird. And it, it, but it was the, the whole thing of being in this area that was starting to get to me a little bit, I think. And I, I didn't get scared. I didn't run. I didn't run. I swear to God, I did not run. I've just, you know, made my way back to the truck and I never did find moonshine arch. I don't, I don't know where it is out there like, some point. But like one of your, your, your chat people says it was a bunny. It was probably a bunny. And I'm <laughs> I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, he's just kidding. <laughs> Everybody told me, Jeff, don't get abducted while you're out there. Yeah. I did. You know, well, I'm still well, here. It hasn't, I, 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 I don't know. I'd, I'd be totally okay. Getting abducted by bunnies. By bunnies would be, yeah, maybe I'll be all right. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. Coyotes don't care. I know it could have been a coyote. I don't know what it was, but I heard snapping and cracking and that kind of stuff in the, in the brush around me and you can't see. Well, into it. If, if I can make a recommendation to you, Jeff, while you're, while you've still got a few days out here, I don't know what your plans are, but check out um, McCoy flats. That's a really, okay. uh, really a trippy area. That's just outside of uh, just outside of Vernal. Um, and then there's also, if you're if you're really brave, you can check out Dark Canyon, which is allegedly the home of the Skinwalker. That's apparently where where the uh, the the Native American lore says that the the Skinwalkers actually reside is in Dark Canyon. Um, but don't go out there at night. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so go early in the morning. So I got plenty of time, right? uh yeah those are those are those, those are two places i would i would definitely recommend in fact uh i wrote them jack, down i wrote them down i i, I do i don't have much time i have a little bit yeah jack, jack osborne just uh, uh they just aired a thing on discovery plus with uh jack osborne jamie kennedy and um jason muse you know I'm, I'm a huge kevin smith film fan uh clerks clerks one two and clerks three just came out but uh they, uh, the, the three of them just went out uh, to uh, McCoy Flats, and they they had some uh, pretty interesting encounters out there. So there's there's no shortage of places out there in the, that whole area, that whole region that you're you're currently at, uh, of really cool places to see. And um, yeah, well, like like Vesta May says, that's that's how you get on missing four one one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go out alone. 
Yeah. Yeah. They'll go Dave, out alone. Yeah. Dave, Dave oh. Pilates. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, there's, there's uh, there, the, the, the whole, literally, it's not just Skinwalker Ranch. The whole yeah. region out yeah. there is just a hotbed of, you know, bizarre, strange stuff. And I'm not just talking about the liquor laws. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. And it is. It has been found. I cannot wait. I'm, I'm actually coming early next year because uh, I want to spend more time out here next year because there's so much to do and see. On my way out of here, uh, when I leave on Saturday, I'm going to be stopping by the uh, the dinosaur uh, area there. It's just like 40 minutes from where I am right now, and I'm going to be stopping by there to check all that out as well. I have to because there's just so much to do here. I ne- I didn't realize that, oh, that, yeah. that this is a big dinosaur bones and, and, and all that area. So got to scope that out too while I'm here. Um, but it's been a fascinating experience. It truly has. Flaming Flaming Gorge, of course, is also one of the best trout fishing areas in the world. I mean, it's it's absolutely breathtaking. You go up there by the dam, the the dam in uh, Flaming Gorge, and I mean, you're, it's not uncommon to see rainbow trout. You know, just humongous uh, trout. Tricks and yeah. uh, One of the one of the best best fly fishing streams out there. Wow. Uh, out there in uh, in Flaming Gorge, I love to go out. I'm a big one of my big passions is I love fly fishing. So it's, it's oh really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was out there. I went. I actually went up there first yesterday. Of course, it was raining. The only day I've been here all this time. It was beautiful, hot, sunny, and then yesterday when I finally had a chance to go explore and take some pictures, it was raining. And I, but I did, I went up there to the dam. I went up to the dam, took some pictures. And of course I got there 10 minutes after they closed uh, uh, for, for tourism. Yeah. For the center right there. So, anyway, right. I got some pictures and then on the way back, I was taking pictures of the canyons and all the just beautiful area around here. And then of course, went looking for the moonshine arch on the way back. And yeah, then that was a, yeah, that was an experience in its own, but, uh, Wow, guys, this has been fantastic. We're right at two hours, and I got to cut it off. But man, I could go on for a long time. Got to have you guys back. I mean, we we would um, love to. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, this has been great. You guys have such good insights on all this kind of stuff. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to both of you uh, talk about your stuff that you have, and uh, I think your show is going to do great. As you mentioned, as we mentioned before, it's on Mix Mix Cloud. Talk about it again, real quick. Yep uh mixcloud.com and uh the name of the podcast is the soul of the unexplained and that's soul spelled s-o-l as in uh the word son in spanish but the the soul of the unexplained and if you're a music fan and you like uh synth pop and music of the 1980s uh like depeche mode erasure omd stuff like that duran duran then the soul of synth pop is my other show which is also uh, can be found and is archived on Mixcloud. And uh, I, I do check the, uh, I'm on Facebook uh, several times a day, but um, despite my uh, verboseness and my loquaciousness uh, here during the interview, I actually am very shy. I, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. Couldn't have told that by you, how, you know, tonight for sure. I know. I know. It's, well, it's cause I'm, I'm comfortable with, with you, Jeff, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're, uh, you're one of my kind of people. So, uh, right, but, cool. so if you ever see me out and about or anything like that, just, uh, say hi. I I'm actually, despite being a scary looking guy, I'm actually a, a big, big teddy bear. Like a like Caleb. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> Roger's been awesome, man. I tell you what, Mr. Uh, worked for blizzard and everything. You and I were talking gaming and stuff like that. World of Warcraft. That's, that was me. And, and, uh, some of the other, uh, 
you know, just Warcraft in general um, and all that. So, dude, I, I really, I almost, you know, I see the stuff behind you uh, in your in your uh, room there and stuff, your pictures and whatnot. I know that you and I have, we think a lot alike, and especially Robert Jordan. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the whole Wheel of Time series that we talked about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we could go on for hours, huh? We, we, we're going to have to have another show. <laughs> you guys have got to come back. Hey, folks, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. I've had an awesome time uh, with Jim and with Roger. This has been awesome. We're going to do this again. We're going to have another episode of Insiders Insights coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to hope there's a couple where guys were trying our best. Uh, well, it looks like I froze or something there for a second. Uh, hopefully you can still hear me. Uh, my connection, eh, not the best. Uh, but we are going to have uh, yeah, a couple of other insiders that I met there that said they would come on the show. So we're going to mix it up. We're going to have some more insiders and get their insights as well as we go along. And uh, we're going to have some people coming on the show. Of course, we got uh, James Keenan's going to be coming on. I've got Greg Lawson, the author and investigator, paranormal investigator. He's written a couple of different books, one on Roswell. He's an investigator. Whatever it may be, he's investigates it. And so Roswell, he's looked into, wrote a book on it. He's got one uh, that he wrote about the um, uh, how to be a paranormal investigator. And another one that has to do with being an investigator for paranormal. Great guy. I can't wait to have him on the show. Uh, it, we just palled up quite a bit while during Phenomicon. He was always seems to be wherever we were. Uh, yep. So um, he's the life of the party. Greg, Greg Lawson. I mean, he's just oh, happy. He is. Really. He'll have you in the stitches. He's a colorful character. He's fun. Yeah. That's Russ Cord. I mean, Russ, his presentation, the way he's so animated and stuff. Uh, you're talking about the pepper spray, the bear spray. Oh, my gosh. Hot pepper. Yeah. Hot pepper. I can't wait to. Anyway, folks, got to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Again, Jim and Roger, my honor to have you on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you very much, folks. Thank Click you. and subscribe. Uh, if you haven't done so already, click that uh, like button if you would. It really does help us out. Uh, and if you like the content of our show and all that, and if you'd like to help uh, support the show, we have a Patreon channel. It's jfree906 at patreon.com. Again, guys, thank you so very much. Folks, have a great rest of your week. We will see you next time right here at jfree906. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Peace, love, and bunnies and tacos. <laughs> I